Good day, good evening, good night, good morning, and good afternoon. And coming to you from a brand new day. We are living in a different world, I hope. I mean, I hope our enthusiasm don't get too ahead of ourselves, but we got a favorable result in the election. And I mean, like, I got to start with that because we've been living under fuckery and mayhem for four years. Well, in, in concentrated doses. This is America after all. It's not really the land of the free. But before I go any further, let me introduce my <laughs> co-hostesses with the most But before I even do any of that, this is another exciting episode of the Black Cauldron. Oh, I mean, we're here to try to get away from the real world and go into land of fantasy. But so often we find out that we're all in the same place. But let me introduce my co-hostesses with the mostesses. We have Professor Deb coming from you in a better place today she was feisty earlier just so you know deb that deb might be very feisty this episode so yes deb's working with a lot of energy <laughs> she's feeling herself she is feeling herself she is. She is that. how are you doing today i'm doing great i'm out of twitter jail and oh um so i'm really happy to be out and about you know <laughs> damn near damn near 70 and managed to say something to get myself in twitter jail could you believe so, that deb i don't know look to me Someone needs to talk to Jock Dulcie because if Deb is in Twitter jail, and I've never been in Twitter jail, like okay. ever. Right? I've never got a warning, nothing. Something ain't right. I think, I, I think it was, you know, it was during the election week. I think everybody was hypersensitive. So, you know, they was they were quick on the draw. So, but I'm <laughs> happily back out and um, looking, feeling more optimistic. I don't know how I prefer those rules because I mean, like, if Andrean is telling me to stop, like, you know, like I'm doing much, you know what I mean? I'm doing a whole lot. If I have never been in Twitter jail. Let me knock on wood. <laughs> and in foreign Ohio, I mean, Shanina, y'all dropping the ball down in that area there, but you know, don't worry. We know people from Texas and they're fucked up even more than Ohio. I mean, Ohio you know has. They're so, actually not. Texas was more competitive than Ohio this oh, time around. I was, I, was trying, um, I was trying to help you out. I, I know. To... It's really disappointing, but you know what? I have a new Biden flag that I've been holding on to, hoping we would get this result. I'm putting that bitch out today. Rock on. <laughs> Rock on. Um, you need to put up a next sign next to it that says suck salt. That's what we see here. <laughs> Suck salt and kick rocks. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, but other than that, yeah, I'm great. Um, well, yes, in Israel, I'm in New York City, and it's, I don't know, it's people were carrying on and screaming and whatnot, but I know them. I'm just like looking to 70-something mm, 70 70, million y'all voted for Trump. And some of y'all in that celebration, y'all just say for a good time. You and, little nasty bastards. And I ain't letting no my guys forget that y'all voted for Trump, enabled him, and put him up there. So my mission for now until this soon, mm-mm. Never forget. No quarter for these bitches. Nope. Nope. Because y'all <laughs> fucked up the program. We could have been, we are now eight years behind. Okay? We could have been four years ahead. But yep. you people have pushed us in the fucking stone ages. We have to convince people the earth is not flat. We got to do that. Otherwise, yep. we can't. But I mean, this I can't. I can't. I All can't. right, don't get too far down that hole. Exactly. There might be yeah. another exciting part. Of, there might be an, a, a separate podcast on the tennis channel. Well, there's no tennis channel, but you know, 
on our oh, this same channel, right? <laughs> <laughs> I sound like an influencer. Check out my other channels, you know. <laughs> you know, we never tell people to like, subscribe, and comment, but you know, apparently that's something you do when you're attempting to be an influencer. But there yeah. might be a separate um, elections podcast in vain of what we did in 2016. So it seems only fair that we have survived, if just to say, whew. We are alive. I felt like I told a friend of mine, you know, as a man, this is only something ignorant man would say. This probably might be how labor feels, right? Like being in pain and just can't get rid of this shit. No, nope, you don't get to do that. <laughs> See, I was waiting. <laughs> no, um, no, not at all. Mm-mm. Okay, so this is not what labor feels like. Okay. No, <laughs> this is actually much worse. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> But at least you could. Add, but the thing about it, you're right because you know in the end you have to love the end product. But for me, I didn't love the end product. You know, exactly. last <laughs> in the four years I didn't. You know, like finally I'm here. But you know, I, ooh. But anyway, so we are back in the land of Harry Potter in the final book. We are dealing with the Deathly Hallows, and and so far we haven't seen or heard what the Deathly Hallows are. We have no idea. But we are in a bit of a. I wouldn't know if exciting is because we finally figured out who RAB, at least they, they, they at least they, they have very much confirmed this through, through creature that RAB was none other than Sirius's dead brother who died at around the age of 17 in an attempt to thwart Lord Voldemort in getting rid of a Horcrux. And they realized what they had in, what they had in possession was not real. Well, they didn't have anything. They had a fake locket, I think it was. And the note, and they're attempting to find the real locket. And Creature informed them that Mundungus Phil had the, he was the last known person to, to have the locket. We've seen the locket in book five, but okay. Mundungus stole the locket. And it is Creature's job now to find Mundungus Flinch. Filch, is it? No, it's Mundungus. Fletcher. 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 Okay. You know, I actually know a person named Fletcher in real life, and every time I see Mandangas, he was the image I was thinking about. The same, <laughs> and it's the same kind of person, you know, drinks all the time, scammy, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but he's loyal. He was a good few was that. Well, that's a he bonus. Was, he was that loyal is. to my the grandfather. Mandangas was not loyal to anybody <laughs> except but Dumbledore. But Dumbledore, he respected Dumbledore. He wasn't fucking with Dumbledore. <laughs> Because Dumbledore. He was afraid of Dumbledore. He was not respecting so much. He was afraid of Dumbledore. Wait, wait, but, but Dumbledore said um, Mundungus is treating um, Harry's heirloom with um, five fingers contempt. It's something like Yes, that. yes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> oh. uh, so people say, oh, he took a five finger discount. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. But we are left the, the children expecting, you know, creature to come back immediately, but that doesn't happen. But we get another visitor to Grimald Place in other than uh, Remus James Lupin. And uh, look, mm-hmm. this is this is this is kind of an emotional moment for me because this part enrages me so much when it comes to Lupin. Because yet again we see another lost boy in this whole series but i just think that jk rowling just treated lupin just as a plot device but yet this man is such it's 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 one of the few characters i think that um him and darby deserved better i have to say that they deserved way more than they got in this series you know so lupin comes up to the comes 
Lopin, as everyone else knew, that more than likely the children would have been at Grimald Place, but, you know, Lupin claims, you know, he had to hide and whatnot. And Lupin comes with an offer to help Harry, and this sets off a chain of events that is just something. Um, but, but Lupin also brings information about, you know, what has been happening, because the children are all excited, are eager to hear what's going on. But, you know, and, and it, is, it, in, it is in this moment, in a way, that you see that despite no matter whatever the dynamics of whatever is going on, the children all defer to Harry as the leader. He, they looked for him, though they're all equally in danger at this point, right? There is no, I mean, Voldemort is looking for Harry particularly, yes, but they're all equally, because everyone is in danger, but any of Harry's close associates associate would be in even grave danger because they would believe to be, they would be believed to be and have they would be believed in having information as to Harry's whereabouts. So it's very odd that in this moment it's very clear that you know no matter what the children they just look to Harry and they 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 not want to necessarily question the decisions that he makes. And we saw this again earlier in the in the cafe when the question came up about as to whether or not they should kill the Death Eaters. And Harry is like again, no, we're not killing them. You know, just um change their memory and then Ron was like, oh yes, ooh, well, you're the leader. Oh, I don't want this responsibility or these to make these kind of decisions. But I'm curious to hear what you ladies thought of this scene when Lupin comes into town, when Lupin comes into the house and the and the events that unfold here. Hmm. I don't have the affection for Lupin that the two of you do. Oh then I know wholehearted. <laughs> 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 I don't. I know that both of you think that, like, he's, you know, that he just gets screwed. And I don't know. I've never felt that way. I'm like, at the end, yeah, it sucks. You're dead. Of course, that part sucks. But I, I don't know. I've never, I, I don't, I don't feel it. Sorry. Well, I think for me, Lupin was such a, a, a character that I connected with because he was definitely the, he, he embodied, um, someone who, through no fault of his own, um, was was you know kind of inflect, infect, infected with this terrible condition. And I think for me, um, I have this 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 soft spot for Lupin, or I feel this real connection to Lupin because through no fault of his own, he has been infected with this condition, and you know he still manages to hold on to some shred of his humanity and he, he really struggles to do that um now he's been fortunate in that um when he went to school Dumbledore was the headmaster and he you know tried to to help him um it was also the great that he looked, found the friends that he did because they also formed a community with him so i always felt that you know that was why i felt that way about him because he really did struggle and try. Um, we see other characters later who have similar situation and they just gave into it, you know, totally. Whereas Lupin really did try to hold on to his humanity. But I thought that um, Lupin has always constantly been an outsider, right? Oh, yeah. In, 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 oh, yeah. in so many, in, in even in his intimate circle, he is an outsider. Even when Wizards and Witches are want to like respect him in, in many ways and he's a very accomplished and brilliant wizard in by all estimate that they still 
was suspicious about him, right? He had to hold yes. this secret, this thing secret. I mean, like, look how Lupin was in no threat to any of the children in the school ever during the, th- the whole school third year. But, you know, just the whisper that he's a, a werewolf, you know, is causing so much panic amongst these, um, the, the whole community. And even um, the relationship that James and Sirius had was far closer because, again, no one told Lupin that the plan had been switched. So Lupin is feeling this guilt about, like, the people that I know. Sirius was really my good mate, but he's responsible for the death of two of my friends. Right, and then that, right. that whole dynamic with that reveal, and then that changed again. And that he is constantly seen. So even in moments of happiness, he is constantly a threat, right? Like he's a threat to himself. He's a threat to others. And again, they're dealing with all of this loss and loneliness. And just the amount of the loneliness that Lupin is dealing with, the lack of human contact. And again, he finds love, but then there is the issue of we don't procreate. What is the, how does this affect the uh, being? We have this one. And, and Ninfadora is an odd being. I mean, like, she's yeah. not the most reassuring, you know what I mean, element. It's like moaning Mosul saying, you look good, girl. You look good. It's just <laughs> like, mm, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she's not the most trustworthy of sources. Not to say that her love isn't genuine, but, you know, even for wizards in standard, Nymphadora is out there, right? Yes, <laughs> she, yes. And, and Reels, you used the perfect, used the perfect description. Um, Lupin is very lonely, and that comes across so much in the books. And you know, even when he is he is in that in his in the circle, he still is lonely. And I think it's because there's a part of him that he feels he has to keep aside because of his condition so he can't wholeheartedly um just give in to all of the emotional connections that with the people around him you know remember there is i think in the third book where he says you know they made him the um i guess it was the third book when or maybe it was the fifth book i can't remember when maybe it's Sirius who says you know we that lupin was made prefect or he was made right. prefect yeah, to, to, to try to be life. a good influence on um, James and on Sirius. So he has always been had this duality in terms of when he is of himself, he is the more stable. He is the more grounded. But there is always that because he has that condition, he knows that there is that can't that doesn't hold all the time. But it, but it's weird that he has to be the one that he is becomes. But it's such a weird thing to put on Lupin character, right? That he has to hold back the the, the free easy movers, right? Yeah. Because I mean, yeah. Lupin of all of I mean, James and Sirius can move between any world that they want to, right? Yes. Could, I mean, Lupin yes. Sirius rejects his pure blood status, but will you have that privilege to do that, right? Doesn't don't that? Have does, this... But doesn't that sound so modern? In a lot of ways, right, right. or so per- contemporary with what we're dealing with, is that somebody who is technically marginalized um, is expected to be, you know, the, the, the respectable one all the time. The moral because, center, right? The, exactly. the moral conscious of the conscious of everybody, and 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 yet exactly. they all abandon him, right? He is abandoned right. and left by himself to deal with all of these emotions, and and who can he go to? in this 13, 14 years period where they're not there. 
right? right? I mean, right. I mean, like we sort of like think of the Harry Potter history as you know, Voldemort is defeated and then Voldemort is trying to come back again. But there is like well over a decade that has passed, and people have to deal with the consequences of that first wizarding war, or whatever they want to call yes. it. That, yes. that so many people had been killed, so many people are dealing with. And one of the crazy things is that these people don't have grandparents. Do you notice that? Grandparents don't exist in this world, except for for um and and grandparents who exist, they they're existing as a direct result of their children being dead, are incapacitated. Right. Because right. there is no um, Harry doesn't have grandparents to deal with him. Um, Lupin's father is dead. Um, Hagrid's father is dead. His mother is off somewhere, and then she dies. That's so many. Well, it's mostly boys. Um, these boys are literally lost. There is no comfort. Even Lupin, even though he can, he can't go back into the community to find new friends or anything like that because he's a werewolf. So and everybody and I, knows this. And, right and he and he remember he is significantly older than Tonks, right? And um, so he you know that's one of the reasons that he has tried to, you know, hold himself apart. And she is, I think, she was the more relentless one about that relationship. Right. Um, well, that, that, she, that they that were going clear. to have that. Yeah. So I'm listening to you guys have the loop and pity party. And I'm just like, what is happening right right. now? So I remember thinking, and I still think, but from, from my first, you know, introduction to Lupin, I remember being a little bit pissed off at him when he left Hogwarts because you didn't leave because you got pushed out. You left because you were anticipating what might happen. Yeah. And I thought, "Mm." Why don't you, you're a good teacher. You've taught, you, you've, you've developed this relationship with Harry that's special. You've taught him a lot and you're walking away. So fuck you, I remember thinking. And then I'm thinking um, when Tonks is interested and he's blowing her off, blowing her off. I'm like, dude, stop being a dick again. Like, She's interested in you clearly, so why don't you just go for it? And then, hold on, then when he shows up again now here to Grimwald Place, and he has left his pregnant wife at home because he anticipates that he made a mistake by marrying her and that he's going to have this cursed child so to speak and he doesn't know that that's going to happen and he's like, I want to go out on this adventure with you. I that's how I saw Lupin kind of cowardly actually like well, you're always that, running from something I, and I he do, pissed I, me off I do think that um Lupin, Deb, hold me back hold me back Deb hold me back <laughs> but I, I I hear you I hear you Janina but I do think Lupin has developed this way of coping which is to run before he is rejected I don't like and, that I, think I don't either, weak. but I think I think I it's think weak he, as fuck. No, no. You I, see, you but see, I think uh, it's understandable given the way that community has responded to people who have his condition. But they haven't responded to yes, him they that do. way. They do. Listen they to do. Me. No, no, no. They we do. hear of a history. No, Janina. Well, Janina. Snape. But Snape protects him the entire time. No, Snape doesn't. Snape was the one who told them he about him. He outs him, but he also yes. makes him his potion. Because Snape is but a petty bitch like that. Because that was on Dumbledore's order. Yes. 
That was I, like, I, listen, I, listen to me. Listen to me. I'm not a fan. Listen to me. It is very clear. It is very clear that nobody holds a grudge like Severus Snape. Nobody holds a grudge like Severus Severus Snape. He holds that grudge better than Petunia. Okay? Mm -hmm. I I, I do think it's a little bit unfair here because Lupin was bitten as a child. Right. Right. And And he has had a pretty damn good life. No, he did not. No, he did not. Lupin was only allowed to go to school because of um, Dumbledore. Right. And And that's good. No, 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 no. This was kept a secret. The tree was built because of Lupin. The, the tree was planted there because of Lupin, right? That whole excitement and whatever the case may be. As he said, the Wolfbane potion was just recently invented. So every single year, every single full moon, he was turning into this beast, right? right. It's only recently this Wolfbane potion was invented. And on top of that, I mean, you have to want, I, I, again, he has to be in this because we know what werewolves are doing. The werewolves that we have met and how they are, how they're treated we know um look she even she even creates this whole sideswipe the issue when it comes to bill because bill is only scratched right? Right, right and that's it right he doesn't have to he might have some kind of tendency but he doesn't turn into a werewolf right he right. gets to be safe and sound now lupin has a right to question because you do have because it becomes a cross species kind of thing this isn't an animagus kind of ability where you turn back and whatever your whole dna Animagus turned into an uh, um, an animal at will, right? They're just transfiguring into an animal. He is transforming into another animal, and he becomes this bloodthirsty evil. I mean, like, how do you how do you expect? Because what do you happen when this is now built into the DNA of a child by by birth? Do you understand what I'm saying? Looping right. the, the thing about it is that it's one of these things where whenever in like in a relationship where Lupin is having all of these doubts and these questions, and everyone is saying, well, it's love. Love. Love can cover this thing. Love. We need a little bit of love in this world. We know that isn't true, because there are consequences. Look how look how Voldemort reacts to the marriage of Lupin and... And, um, and Tonks. And yeah. Tonks. And we talks, know... Um, and, mm-hmm. the ta- and, we know, and we know that, that Voldemort has a beat on the pulse, Right? He has his finger on the pulse of the community because mm-hmm. this is the general attitude because we know a whole bunch of people are up in that room who we don't see and we know they're working in the ways of life. How, how is the Dolores Umbridge? How is the Ministry of Magic, which seems to control every living piece of these people's lives so intimately in their homes? How is this going to be an issue? And, and, and we know how that story ends up, right? That child ends up an orphan and is left with a woman who just lost her husband and her child. A woman who's I whole still don't feel sad for Lupin. I don't. No, I, understand I really because, don't. Because in Lupin's, in, Lup, in, Lupin's, in Lupin's defense, the only thing left for him to do is to try to create a better world, future generation. And that is what he's been doing. And I would say to his defense that Harry never looked to Lupin. Harry just looked to Lupin as just like, hmm. But Lupin was supposed, Lupin could have been that real true godfather that he was looking for. Someone who protected him, someone who treated him with respect, and wasn't going to push him into danger. Lupin has I, I, been I think, that for I Harry. Part and of, Harry I think, just overlooked I think that Harry, all the time. Harry was ready for that, especially in book three, and when he was when he was teaching Harry um, the Patronus charm. 
Um, but I think it's so part of Lupin to back away from relationships that that was not going to work anyway. I think that when he comes, when he shows up here in Grimmauld Place, it is out of desperation. And um, once again, you know, my favorite cry about the adults in these books is that they don't resolve their stuff and kids are left to figure it out. And this is a perfect example of that. You know, Lupin has a, and I'm not saying that all, Janina, all the things you say about Lupin are true. Nope, and, it's not. And I, but, but I do believe, I do, <laughs> Real, nope, it's not. I think, but I do think that, and I, but I think that they come from a place that he really doesn't have, um, that, that he hasn't resolved. And it may not, may not be impossible to resolve. Well, I think his emotional bandwidth is that of a child at times. No, oh my God. No, no, we, I no we're not. But I think, the, but, but you have to understand that the wizarding community is such right. an in, isolated, insulated community. It These is. people do not go out into the real world as we as we would term the real world. Lupin could have probably found a better future, our world, outside of the magical community. But that would have been exposing, again, he'd have to go through the, those rules and regulation of exposing magic to people who are not magical, right? And But they just live together. I mean, Lupin... I, you know, I hate Lupin running around in the rags, but you got magic. You can fix your clothes. You can <laughs> get new clothes all the time. But, I mean, it, it speaks to the, the other man in that situation because, again, Lupin, I think, has been away from human contact for a very long time. Right. And uh, spends a lot, a lot of period without human contact. It's one of the problems that we saw with um, Sirius, right? There's an yeah. arrested development kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of what happens, as you can see in the magical community, are people are so, when they, once they find a little clique or click, they just stick to that group only. But they what I do find interesting, what I do find interesting is that Lupin was so self-centered in this part that he didn't realize that the idea of a parent um, leaving a child um, without, you know, choosing to leave a child, how that was going to play with Harry. And ha that immediate, all Harry, that just, you know. I was right Harry's there with Harry, like head you're on fire. Dick. That just set Harry's hair on fire. But, that but, but, hair see, on but, fire. But, but this is the thing, but in the end, though, Harry is asking parents to sacrifice themselves for the future of their children. I don't care. What do you mean Harry's asking? Well, I mean... Because when when the actual war starts, right, or where any war is happening, and, right. and this is the choice that a lot of parents made, Neville parents made that decision. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? That you have to go and fight this fight in order for the future of your children. Well, That's but by virtue of, of Harry's parents being in the order, you could say the same thing. But they 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 were determined. They didn't plan to die. They well, planned they, to well, fight. Well, remember, they only went into hiding because they, they realized the target of Voldemort was right. the child. Right? They were, right. Everyone else but was they out were to part of the order. But they were part of the order before that. They were fighting. They were right. fighting for a better world. But they weren't ch deliberately choosing to leave their child behind. Well, well, at some point, well, each of them had escaped Voldemort three times, so we don't know when these these three right. times had happened, right. right? And so I would like to, I, I'm, it couldn't be assumed that at some point she was pregnant or the child was already, um, well, it had to have been, right? She had to have been pregnant because 
when the prophecy was told, the children were already born. Right. Right? They were born right. around July. The two children were born at that time. And then Voldemort made the decision to choose Harry. And then they were put into hiding because Harry was at least one and a half, close to two plus, two plus, mm -hmm. when it mm -hmm. happened. So, I mean, I'm saying that, you know, parents are making this decision anyway. I understand that there is a, there is a point. I, I get what you're saying, that there is, a, there is an argument, I guess. I don't think this is a, that would not be something I would argue that Lupin is being cowardly and leaving his child behind. I think Lupin is like, I can, the only thing I can offer my child are the better is to die a hero in any case. And it's in truth. And in fact, that Harry and the gang needed some adult help and supervision. But, but he wasn't there for that reason. He was running away, period. He was, he was running, running away. away. That was, was an, and, and you know what? I think like, Okay, so you hope that you don't have a child that turns out like you, but if you do, who better to teach that child? So you're going to leave your wife with a, uh, what you think of as a monster when you could be the one that teaches her and the child like how we do this? You're just going to take off? That's not okay, man. Yeah, I, I think that he, his desperation. I don't like how it's played point. out in the book. I don't. I don't like how it's set up in the book for him. I would say that it's one of those episodes. I'm just like J.K. Rowling. I think you did a shitty by this character because you don't allow these characters to really address the shit or how how the sequence of the events, whatever the case may be. Because I don't know if it's necessarily <laughs> because. I mean, so much of what Lupin has done to protect Harry and the kids, you understand what I'm saying? That's for mm -hmm. him to put that situation to be like, I'm going to leave my wife and kids just like that, or whatever the situation. And one of the things that we're not discussing is one of those situations where this whole relationship and marriage and pregnancy and having a child was almost forced upon him in a point where he might not feel like he had any... Oh, I'm not buying that. Say, oh, I don't I mean, believe that. No way, no, no way. You, he, we I, I, have I no reason to think it, he was forced into marriage. No, no I'm not no. simply saying... I'm not simply saying that he was... um Like, he was, it was rape or anything like that, but I'm just simply saying that the pressure was mounting for him to be to be and do all of these things. How? I want... I need receipts no, on that. I, I, I think... I think that... How? I, think that, I mean, it's I very clear that down, he has been... He was reluctant to pursue the relationship with He Tom. was very reluctant to pursue the relationship, but he also was a person who needed to be, he wanted a family of his own. Yes, he did. He but he wanted a family therapy of his more own. Than he got, before he got family. He definitely needed yes. the therapy. He needed, well, well, that is true. But, but I think, I do think that he, that, you know, he, he, um, prop, we could say in a moment of weakness or in a moment of, of really wanting this more than anything, he went ahead and he married Tonks. And, you know, she's now expecting. But I think that then he got scared. He got scared about what he would, you know, about having to watch perhaps a child of his own. And, you know, as an adult, as a, as a parent, you know, it's almost like I can take anything but watch my child go through what I've gone through. And suffer and deal with an, an illness. And yes. we don't even know the language that they're using to describe or how he has internalized this. Because exactly. remember, remember, um, Lupin became a werewolf as a child. Yes. Not as a grown man, as right. a child. And a mm -hmm. child before 11. Right? right? And again, it's one of those things where the ethics of Dumbledore is the ethical standard of the community, magical community. It is Dumbledore who allowed him to come to school. All of the other, um, I'm going to say prime minister, 
um, headmaster would not have allowed this to happen and great That's care, right. the secrecy that had to go through. And, and, you know, again, he didn't even tell his friends. They found out. They and, and, you know, the thing of it is, you know, Dumbledore knew what he was dealing with. He knew the community he was dealing with. He knew he had to have that secrecy. He knew that that would not have gone over well. So he had to be, he had to participate in the secrecy if, if, the, if the boy was going to get an education. So it wasn't like Dumbledore riding a, in on a, a white horse and, and demanding that people be more tolerant and we're just going to, he's just going to go to school openly, even though he's a werewolf. He had to go play, he knew he had to do this in secrecy if anybody was going to have peace. So that's what he chose to do. So once again, we have, you know, we get these little experiences of Dumbledore kind of flaunting the rules a little bit, you know, for a good, so, you know, for the good, for the common good, so to well, speak. Or for well, the there is no rule good. to say that he can't come there. He's just not. There is no rule to say he can't come it's, there. It's, on a it's rule society's to say. rule right, that, he cannot, exactly. that he cannot sit there and be a regular student like everybody else. So he's just circumnavigating, he's just circumventing. Right social convention of this world and this community and again it's one of those things where the magical world doesn't deal with the problems that they create you no, know what exactly. I mean? um, exactly. werewolves is something that they have they are aware of and in their community you know who actually create the wolf's being potion right we met the person's relative in book six at the slug fest party the slug club yes yes, <laughs> yes somebody one of uncle. the boys there his uncle or yes uncle? yeah yeah the right. uncle apparently uncle is an asshole but <laughs> and the father had a falling <laughs> out and it could probably be that right before it was like right. how could be out here helping werewolves and we see the opposite of what lupin could be if he doesn't take great care right he could be a fenrir grayback Exactly. He speaks about. And I think that's what Lupin. That's what Lupin fears above all else. That he will turn into. That he because he knows. He's not quite human, right? Exactly. And I think he fears that he will hurt people that he loves, and that he will. You know. I think that that is really what weighs on him. And um, you know. So I think that that's part of the reasons why he makes some of the choices that he makes. Yeah, and it's okay. interesting, though. Remember, you know, when he, um, when Harry does m- accuse him of being a coward, and and Lupin, you know, just flies hot and runs away, and Hermione and Ron are like, "Did you mean to do? You know, you went a little far." But you know, Harry is adamant that you know Lupin really needs to kind of stand up and not run away, acting like he is. Um, the same age as these kids. Amen. I'm sorry, but again, I mean, we're going to have to agree to disagree with this situation because, one, we, we are also allowing these kids to, to, to be under the impression that somehow the task in which they've been handed and that they're doing, that they are even capable or should be even be able to be, be doing this. This is this is that this is Lupin's generation problem to fix. Oh, oh I agree. You I understand agree, what I'm but I, I and, think but I think Harry is not willing to take help from that quarter if it means another baby is going to be without his parent. But but who, he's not willing to take help from anybody clearly. Just about anybody he's going to make some sort of thing. But again, you know, it's a very weird this whole dynamic of how the situation is happening the task by which Dumbledore has left everyone in the honor of Phoenix to deal with, and I, I, we got the impression that somehow he had highlighted much of the problem to 
everyone except holding back the idea of the whole crux, right? So he mm-hmm. figured he left that with Harry. Is it how Mrs. I can always go back to Mrs. Weasley? It's just like, girl, you're going to keep them in the house and go back to school. To do what? Right. Like, this is a crazy world now. Like, it's almost like the world isn't prepared to do the thing that needs to be done. And yes, it I know. It never has been. Um, the Wizarding World has never been prepared to do what they needed to do to deal with Voldemort. Which is why they failed the first time. Exactly. And which is why you had um, uh, Cornelius Fudge wasting valuable time and expertise when he had Dumbledore around denying that it, you know, that that um, Voldemort was that was back. Yeah, there is this we, idea. You know, as far as Cornelius was concerned, they had turned the corner. <laughs> but you know, Dumbledore, do we, do we, um, just I'm just trying this out there, um, and we can move on from the looping because Janina is absolutely wrong, and yeah. we're not gonna waste time. Um, <laughs> and that. I'm trying to I'm about to edit your ass out. <laughs> But, I mean, it is a thing that the wizarding world, even now in our real world, right, the non-magical world, that we expect, oh, people are evil and, you know, both sides bullshit, you know, and good will conquer evil. But it's very funny that Dumbledore doesn't have this idea about good conquering evil. Dumbledore is constantly working (laughs) behind the scenes to be like, work without, you know, like, you have to do work, right? That you can't have faith. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dumbledore doesn't feel like it just is just going to happen. Dumbledore feels like you have he feels like you have to have strategies. You have to get as much information. He definitely feels that no good does not necessarily triumph over evil unless you do something. Exactly. You know, just having the moral high ground is not going to help you in not going to be enough. Mm-mm. But I thought it was really, um, it, it was really, and and this is why these children are like, oh Harry, you shouldn't have said that. Like you went over the board, mate, and it's just like Harry just retorted, like you know, like oh parents, should, I'm just like oh, who you you, I'm annoyed by all of you. All of you just annoy me, even Lupin in this situation. But you know, I I, I get what Janina is saying. I get what you're saying, mm-hmm. Deb. But I just I just dislike how this whole scenario played out for him. Because I think he deserved better. I think he had enough hardship in his life, I think, to deal with all of the situation. And it's true he needed love and companionship, someone to love him and adore him. I think we all need that. You, you're nobody until somebody loves you, I think um, Diana Washington says. Um, mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you know what I mean? You're no, no, somebody can't love you unless you can love yourself. And I think Lupin was struggling with that on a different level than... I think we want to acknowledge he's struggling not just for whether he can love himself. He doesn't know what himself is, right? If, whether it's an animal, a beast, a killer, a human, there are many things. And, you know, the people who were helping him sort those feelings and issues out are all gone and dead. Yeah. And there's just no one. And like I said, squad, but... Anyway, Lupin leaves in a half and a puff. He storms out. I th- in my mind, it's very dramatic. He flings the coat around, you know, like, fuck you, Harry, and bloom, and just like, pop, you know, like, it's so dramatic. Well, that is kind of what happens. I mean, it I is want a I mean, like, I mean, like, in TV, a cloak always look cool, but in real life, it's just not practical because it's going to be dragging all over the floor. But, you know, I want a cloak so badly. You know what I mean? I just want a cloak. Uh, and it surely, I don't get the impression it keeps you warm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like a, it's just like a raincoat in a second. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel like they're heavy. They're heavy, 
raincoats. You know, like when we were younger, we always had raincoats, and I just thought they were ridiculous. But now, as an adult, a raincoat is so essential. But you know, I just want a cloak. I just want to just flip it around. It it it, just, it seems dramatic for the theater. It's dramatic for TV, but it's just not dramatic enough because we don't behave that way in real life, right? Like you just who kicks down shit and then they takes the cloak and like. Fuck you and storms out like unless you remember when you used to be able to hang up on someone on the phone and that actually oh, yeah. made noise. Yeah, that, that was right. the best, and, and it was very satisfying. Yes. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? Now when people annoy me and the phone, I just put, I just press and I say click and just. <laughs> oh, you actually say it before you hang up. You're such an asshole. No, I just say click and push my phone and end this call. Like, no, you're not wasting my daytime minutes. No, you will not. You will not <laughs> waste my daytime minutes. <laughs> Oh, but, well, and then be, and be, one of the things that happens right after um, Lupin leaves is Harry is looking at um, the Daily Prophet that um, I think Lupin had brought into the house, and it has more information about um, Dumbledore and his family. And um, he saw the family photograph, and he saw what the Dumbledore's family. And he talks, they talk a little bit about um, Dumbledore's mother. They have an excerpt from Rita Skeeter's book. And of course, you know, she's going to be as sensationalist as possible. And of course, once again, um, Harry begins to realize how little he knew Dumbledore. But my thing about Harry in these moments of, it's like, you didn't care. You've never asked anything. You've mean, you've only gone to Lupin about for information about your parents. In moments of dealing with your personal problems. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, because he's a teenager. That's how and they are. That's what a teenager does. I guess a I have A teenager is the center of their own universe. Yep. And I'm and just so saying Lupin was right thought, there. He has not thought. He has not thought. He didn't even realize until the wedding. You know, he has never thought. Um, Dumbledore had an address. where Dumbledore's from. You know, he's not thought of. <laughs> I mean, and he even says, you know, I never even considered that he was young once. Right. <laughs> and right. that is that is exactly how a child that age thinks. Exactly. That's why when you see kids out in the in the world and they see their teachers, they're so shocked to see their teacher in a grocery store. Like, yeah, oh, like, like you need food. <laughs> right. Right. I used to get this. You know, that's I used the way to get this, this thing like, you know, like. I don't always wear work clothes all day long. You know, I have regular clothes that I wear that I'm not like. So I, I, I do understand what you're saying here. But, uh, but and Harry is quick to now question everything. And we, we, we realize that he is also realizing that his connection with Dumbledore, with Voldemort, is still present. Right. Whereas it's very clear that Dumbledore, Voldemort isn't aware that Harry is seeing into his mind. Dumbledore Voldemort has been very careless now. He's not he's not employing um, occlumency to block Harry from his mind. He just knows that in his you know, I guess his his arrogance of you know like he's not trying to enter um, Harry's mind, and that's all that's important. Mm-hmm. So, but Harry is able to pick up glimpse of Voldemort, and not just emotional pictures. He's getting conversation and seeing um, ideas and 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 ex- like for much more substantive um, 
bits because he's therefore understanding that Voldemort was one upset about the was shocked about the fact that Harry's wand broke the um Lucius's wand. Um he was upset he's punishing the Death Eaters when they're not and also he is um trying to get information out of Ollivander about what happened in the um in the sky. Mm-hmm. Because twice my wand, um, twice my attempt, uh, three times. Is it three or four times? I'm uh, like, God, I can't even keep calm Voldemort. I keep saying, get a <laughs> knife, boo. Get a knife. Stop with this trying to have a cadaver here. Get a <laughs> knife and then just let that do its thing. Okay? Harry is not made of steel, okay? Like, he's oh not impenetrable. <laughs> <laughs> like just kill him the old fashioned way, please. You know what I'm saying? Choke a bitch out. Okay, like you know, like just... <laughs> oh, hell. I was like, Boo, this, you couldn't even I mean like, I, that would have been my strategy after I tried to attack a baby and that didn't work. You know what I'm saying? It's it just like throw bricks at him, something. Like, you know what I mean? Just kick him down. He would street. never think that he needed to do that. He believes he's the most powerful wizard That's right. in the whole world. And he he feels like that it was just something he had he's overlooked. He's missing, yeah. He just missed something, and then that's why he wasn't successful uh, against Harry. I mean, the spell was said correctly, no? You saw a green light. <laughs> I mean, it didn't come off, off pink or like, you know, like beige. I mean, Well, like... he didn't have, you know, we, you know, when it rebounded, he didn't have a whole lot of time to think, period. But I'm yeah. just saying, like, the other times, though, I mean, like, I- I'm just simply saying that, like, in the initial stance, um, when the baby, like, when he hits the baby, like, when the, the baby situation, I mean, because that would have been my... But he thing. learned, he realizes after what happened, he he understands after he did that, that that was Lily's protection. Well, and... the graveyard, and I think the net, well, for me, that a bricks would have been the plan when the, the shit didn't work in the sky. When I realized my wand can't kill him, somebody else's wand, wand can't kill him, bitch, we train bricks at you. We're going to let a house fall on top of you like that witch, okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> Dorothy, can I have a cyclone, please? Like, oh, my where God. Is Dorothy in her house? I need, I need a special, okay? I need to deal with this bitch right here. I'll maybe throw a bucket of water at him and see if that happens. See if something happens. <laughs> I'm melting! Not happening. Um, but, so, I think at this point, Mandungus Fletcher comes back, right? Right. Creature brings we, him back. Creature brings him back, and we get that as soon as he said Toad, I was like, I bet they're talking about that bitch. Yep. As yep. soon as he said Toad, I was just like, in my mind. <laughs> yep. I can't begin to tell you. I think it's Mary Dupre, I think her name is. Um, Deb, Deb, you would know, the woman who did the initial, like, sketch. Oh, Grand Prix. Grand Prix, yes. Grand Prix. Um, Maria, mm-hmm. Maria Mar- Mary Grand Prix. Yes. Like, every time I see Dolores, in my mind, she looks like she a drew? Toad. Yeah. yeah, it's like a toad, yeah. like you know those um with the cat eye glasses, the wind of the willow. Uh-huh. There was like a frog character, even like in Tom Tom, those old story. There was like a frog character. I just imagine this squat woman, you know, and she's just so annoying and just like so mm-hmm. evil. You could smell her evilness like from five doors down, and it's just like oh, finally, I hope somebody deals with Dolores the appropriate way because she needs to be. I don't know, but she's she's one of those lessons where you need to talk about 
whenever you have these people, you can't let them switch administration. Mm-mm. These people need to go out with a bad administration from the jump. Oh, yeah. Stop fucking with these people and thinking that they could be reformed and let them get away with saying shit like, oh, no, I was hamstrung. It was somebody else who made me do this. Ooh, we're going to hear lots of that. Tell these people imperial oh, yeah. curse don't work. It don't work oh, yeah. here, bitches. You're not an imperial curse, okay? You were all evil. It's all you. Mm-hmm. I won't mm-hmm. let you get away with it. So we have a situation where, so they realize that Dolores has the um, the locket. And you see Creature up in here running around trying to strike somebody with a, with a saucepan. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Creature, is, Creature was like, ready to beat Mondongus' butt. To, to death. I was like, whoa, he these said, he had to finally, Harry had to finally say, we need him conscious. <laughs> <laughs> but you can get him the next time around. Let him, you know, like, uh, let him mess around and you can go get him. Mm-hmm. But it is, um, it is um, funny that this character, Mandungus, comes back again, right? Because we saw Mandungus stealing and you know mandongas when he ran away from um thing and mandongas was thinking oh my god you're trying to get me because you know you give him away because i scream and i disapparated and i guess like you disapparated as harry though you didn't you couldn't turn back into mandongas fletcher and then disapparated you disapparated as harry so that was what the state of confusion was but they're like we don't give a shit about that we know you were like full of shit but um this planet was really when they were like when I realized I had to break into the Ministry of Magic, I was like, oh. I, I was thinking Mission Impossible theme song in my head. And that definitely And <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, this song like this is going to be really fun. Like, I was, I was really, really um, excited for this. I was like, so looking forward to this. I mean, it didn't live up to like what I wanted it to be, but I appreciated that they were planning this thing and how much effort they were going into. And this is where Ron got on my last freaking nerve and Ron was just like, oh yeah, Ministry of Mag- Magical Maintenance wear blue robes. And right. I was just like, bitch, the fuck I didn't know that? Hermione was like, wait, what? What the fuck did you say? Why did but you that- never say this before? And And you know, that's so interesting because... Of course, any kind of plan where you're going to go break in someplace or you're going to go in someplace where where people are looking for you or you need to be in disguise, it's always the details that trip people up. Exactly. So, you know, you need to, it, it, it's not like the big things, it's the details, like the color of the robes and, you know, different things like that, that are, that is going to be critical. Because you but can't Ron stand out, that. right? Exactly. Exactly. Was, like, what you mean? What are you getting upset for? She's just like, motherfucker, you know who we are, where we're going? Like, come on. That's the thing that kind of like just, just when, you know, reading this book that it was just like so annoying. It was that Ron didn't seem to get what was happening here. And to me, it always got the sense that it was only Hermione who understood exactly what was happening. And why, you know, she's the plan on whatever the case of me. And it annoyed me so much more because the responsibility was left to her. And we would see this even just immediately after this, right? When they're li- literally on the run. None of them even thought about, oh, we need protection spells. Like, the fuck? Like, what is wrong with you people? Like, Can, can I just you- say one thing about Ron? Um, you know, and I, I know that there's no science to back this up. But I do believe in birth order. And I think that the youngest <laughs> child in a family 
has been, even if they're having to fight for their space or, you know, they're being, you know, kind of being stepped on by older siblings, they are used to other people taking charge. And they are used to other people doing things and they just kind of come along. Because, you know, it's always take your brother's hand, take, you know, it's always something like that, even though though he has Jenny under him, because they're so close in age. But she's constantly with the mother, though. And Miss Weasley wanted a girl so bad. So she, you know, and I think, I wouldn't say, she dearly loves Ron. She loves all of her sons. But I do think that when, when Jenny came along, it was like Ron got pushed off on his brother's. Poor Ron. And they, you know, basically did what they needed, you know, to to do. But I think he is used to other people taking charge and basically telling him where to show up. So that that's my one kind of think about about Ron and why he doesn't seem to be more kind of actively engaged and thinking this stuff through. That's not been the role he's had to play. But you know, I mean, like, what you're saying is is very credible. But I probably would not be able to see it that way. I would not have thought of that. <laughs> no, I tell you why because I am lower in the boss in the in the I am the third of four, mm-hmm. and my child, my brothers and sisters can't tell me shit. Like they just they can't. <laughs> you tell me are shit. an anomaly. I mean, like yes, my mother literally not how it usually goes. Trip. That's not my mother how it took me on a trip, and she when we went to the travel agency. The woman was just like, oh, this is the best behaved one. She's just like, no, this is the problem. Like, if I leave him here, like, he going to ask questions. Like, why am I doing this? Like, what's <laughs> happening? And she's just like, the woman was just like, what do you mean? She was just like, he can't be there with them if I'm not there. And she's just like, I thought it was the best behaved one. She's just like, man, it's for a quiet life. I got to take the problem out of the home. You got to come <laughs> with me. And they too, there will be no war when he is not there, when he is there. If I, if he's not there. And so to me, I was just like, it, it's not even about, and it's, I mean, I, I get that, but I, I just sometimes when I was reading this book, what really annoyed me was, uh, is that how there wasn't the children that I guess because it had to be a children's book, that the severity, like if you read other advent, like reading the Lord of the Rings, I mean, everybody knew how severe the, the issues were, right? like you were trying to get the rings to mount, um, Whatever Monk Doom, I think it was called, to get food together from um, the, the the ring rights and all of those people. But in this book, it almost felt like it was just like a child that they were just like lollygagging about, and it it wasn't it was anything but that. And precisely going to the Ministry of Magic proved that right off the bat that they were in trouble from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Just and they just didn't. And again, you know, Hermione had to be the one to be like very quick thinking and trying to roll with the punches and Harry's there wandering about and Harry's there doing things without thinking about like our presence should not be noticed, even if we get what we want. Right. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) they can't know that we've been here and what we what we were about. Right. Because and it was just like, oh, my God, it's just like, how are they not think? How are they not thinking about this? Like, how could you, at this point where Dumbledore is dead, the severity of the action, you know, just, just about how critical Harry is, you know, criminal number one. Harry, you've seen the proof. Like, you literally was in Dolores' office, you know what I mean? Like, and you know Dolores. Like, how could you not? And they're literally seeing what was unfolding in the Ministry of Magic. It's, it's basically 
identical to, you know, our in immigration process that we had here, which is crazy for asylum seekers. And, you know, Nazi camp. These people were about to be eliminated. And nobody, and the book doesn't say this, but it is, I don't know where else they're going to go. And the people who did escape, they, they got killed. So it was just so annoying to me that, you know, that the children just kept acting. Well, Harry and Ron in particular kept acting like this whole situation was like a joke. But not even a joke, but it, it just wasn't giving it the sort of a, I don't know, weight and thought to it. Like, you know, their actions and how calculated, they, how, how very cautious they had to be because they were operating in a world that was completely hostile to them. No one was willing to help them. Just no one could help them. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, but I think, I think though, that I think that that part of it is, is what propels the story through because they are, there are kids and they do see it as a bit of an adventure, even though it is really life and death. And I think, you know, we always talk about how teenagers, they don't believe it's going to happen to them. They don't yeah. they believe in their own indestructibility. And that's why they do risky things. And but I, but I think that that's that's not always true. But I think that that's the the, the tone that we have in this part of the story. I think they b- behave exactly as teenagers would. Yeah, they I put do all of this effort into how do we get in because they know they can't just walk in, and then they got in, and we're like, oh shit, what do we do? It wasn't supposed to happen this way. Exactly. No, and it's like, no. And, and, and if you stopped and said to them, "What did you do to make sure it didn't happen this way?" They would look at you blankly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't say, "Oh my gosh, we." I don't I don't know any kid that's going to have a plan that age B first of all especially not a C and D it's just it wouldn't happen no no it just wouldn't I think that they they had been to that to this point especially Harry um he has been basically by the seat of his pants and surviving on his wits and I think that that's how he's operated and they go into the ministry in the, pretty much in the same way. I mean, they thought about the, they made sure that they did the polyjuice potion and um, so that they wouldn't stand out as who they yeah. are. They really did a pretty good job of getting yeah. in. I mean, I mean, yeah. yes. I mean, like, the point, that was just the issue, right? Getting in was all that they thought about, right? <laughs> Not yeah. moving around in there. Right. I think and they really they thought they out. were going to get in there, get what they and needed they and walk were. out. Mm-hmm. And who they were, really. You know what I mean? That they didn't really... Well, they couldn't know, right? They couldn't know who they were assuming, right? They were just... A, they just picked the persons that they thought were... That were very regular and scheduled, right? That, that's how they picked the people that they were right. coming in and at this time. They knew nothing about these people's whereabouts and lives within the ministry itself. They just figured that being these people, they can just navigate around... But we just we, we realized that in to a certain extent, um, well Harry well Harry just felt that the, the invisibility cloak was gonna protect him. That with the invisibility cloak he would have been able to get in and get around the place without being seen. That was really the plan. Mm-hmm. But that plan went, hey, why if they picked the wrong day, the wrong person and met the wrong person on <laughs> in the wrong place, right? They met Dolores. Everything that could have went wrong went wrong. Went wrong, but they did get the person that they were actually looking for. (laughs) True, true. I mean, that was, and they did get what they came for. So, right, that was. um, 
and they were and they they got an opportunity to see just how far down into this kind of um pure blood thing the ministry has gone you know just how far down that road the ministry has gone and they can see firsthand um that this is this the, the things have changed that uh, all of the worst instincts are have been brought to the forefront so they you know that will play out later but I think that they did get a, a chance to see how that's that's been going on. Yeah, it's going to be. Um, I thought that was very. Um, I think when we do get to see moments of the madness within the Ministry of Magic, I just think. I, I guess I don't hear people talking about it enough to just speak about it in general evil term like this is evil. But Voldemort isn't there at the Ministry of Magic. He's right. not there. This is Wizards Unleashed. Exactly. Right? Exactly. This is, this is who this they is, are. This is, this is who they are. Wild. <laughs> <laughs> Except there are this no videos here. They, they, this is what they wanted to do all along. They wanted, they, these were the things, like, like I said, appeal to their worst instincts to pursue this whole idea of pure blood and to harass people and to try and intimidate people. This is when people give in to that part of their of their humanity that wants to hurt other people. You know, that kind of pecking order kind of thing that is very real. And so I think that it really does show it and, you know, just how people are kind of defenseless against it once it's unleashed. And Dolores, who, you know, she's looking for any opportunity to hurt anybody. She is a sadist. That's just bottom line. We we know that from book five. So she's always looking to hurt people. That's why I believe she was um, sexually assaulted. I'm not saying this out of some sick fantasy, whatever the case may be, but I just knew when I just know that in times when men are in those kind of environment and that kind of energy is flowing around, it is the thing that they attempt to do. I don't know why rape come as a thing, but it's all about control and you know punishing people in that side of a you know sick twisted fantasy. But you know we're not going on a road again. But this I did enjoy this sort of like again when the I'm telling you Mission Impossible theme song was playing in my head for this whole I remember theme. being nervous when I <laughs> was reading this for the first yeah. time. I remember yeah. feeling genuinely nervous like even though it happens too early in the book for everything to go wrong and it to be over, you know, like if you think of it logically, something has to come of this because it can't end here. Um but I, I was, I, yeah, I was nervous. Like, oh shit! I mean, like, I was, somebody's gonna die, get captured. Exactly. What you know? But I think because it was the final book, we did. You couldn't rule it out. You couldn't rule out that one of the main characters was would meet their end right here. Right. And that, or that they would be captured, and then they would be they. You know what happened to them later would have happened here and they would have to figure out another way to get out of right. another situation to get out of. So there was a great deal of suspense in this episode. And, um, you know, so there was a lot packed in here. The uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Um, I was living seeing, in the moment, though. For me, yeah, I was living in the moment. Yeah. I was just like, of course, fucking Harry. You, you can't realize they were here. She got to make it. Because I was just like, what? Like, I seriously, you got to steal the eye? Exactly. Well, <laughs> Actually, I was mad about that. That pissed me off. 
that, that he did that or that she had it? That she, that she, then, I mean, like, yes, he shouldn't have moved and taken it, whatever the case may be, but it's how how reckless Harry operates, like, in a thing, you know, you think after yeah. years in the magical community, because Hermione corrects that situation, like, uh, shows you how do you think in a situation. Though Harry is a reactor, he doesn't think logically. And, you know, he's like almost like a bull in a china shop trying to figure out the way to the exit, right? He sees the exit, yeah. right? But he doesn't see the path, like, make another eye. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Like, right. Like you right. are magic. something back so that it's not so obvious someone stole it. Uh, not only that, to be, like, not even like that would have been the problem, right? Because, like, they didn't even think, because Ron says the same thing, right? Something about a magical eye, right? That's what caused the commotion. But what happened is that they know someone was in her office. That's the problem. Right. And they would have known right. that whoever this person, whoever the persons were, they were going in her office. And that could have led to, let's say they didn't get the, the locket. What if Voldemort had come to investigate? And he find Dolores with the locket. Because she was wow. wearing that shit like, <laughs> she had that <laughs> thing on. This is a family heirloom. You know what? I mean, we don't know yet, um, because they the the trio hasn't captured the locket yet. But we know, you know, from their experience that it makes them that makes them act and feel a certain type of way. And I'm thinking, after the fact, this woman was evil enough, and she's walking around with a Horcrux. God only knows the kind (laughs) of shit she was doing. Exactly. Oh, I don't know the effect, but I mean, but for me, I mean, I was in that moment so much that when she said the Selwyn shit, I said in my mind, this fucking bitch, bitch, you're lying. I was uh-huh. like, she had I, that all like hook, line, and sinker. Here's my did. story. But they are so lucky because she, you know, she couldn't tell Voldemort that kind of lie, right? That Voldemort would have, that that's only what. He was, but I mean, I didn't mind if he had killed her, but he would have got back the whole crowd. Well, I never but, ever imagined that Voldemort would ever walk into the Ministry of Magic in that nature. Well, I don't think, but but I am assuming that somehow he may have contact with the people around and whatever the case may be, because well, like I course. said, and but nobody might, knew what it was, so why would he ask? Because he wasn't sharing that information either. No, but I'm I'm just saying. Let's see. I mean, because clearly he is very. Um, he looks around. Let's say he had searched somebody's mind and they have contact with him because she was not, she didn't take this thing. She know Mandunga stole this thing and she didn't care shit about keeping stolen goods hidden somewhere, right? She was wearing this, this right. thing around her neck. And like I said, it's only accidentally that because Hermione and Hermione knew what to look for, didn't know what they were looking for that day able to spot it and whatever but other people had seen this thing and not known what it was um well and and voldemort would have never because he as far as he's concerned the locket is where it's supposed to be right so you know unless he was confront unless he sees dolores he's not going to be even thinking about it because he in his mind as we said earlier he's so arrogant about his abilities he knows his stuff is straight and so wherever I put that locket, it is well protected. And so I never have to even think about it again. It is not until much later when he begins to realize that his that the Horcrux, that that particular mystery is being solved, that he begins to say, well, let me go check on these things. 
Yep. So, you know, he would never even be thinking about it. But but there's nothing. But I think that this goes back to that quote when Sirius says the world is not divided into Death Eaters and good people. Mm -hmm. Dolores is definitely not a good person. She may not have ever been a part of Voldemort's inner circle, but she's just as evil. But the as community at well, because somebody put yes. his um what's his name? Um Ron Con put his name in um Doug Crustwell's wife name mm -hmm. into the thing that neighbors were informing upon neighbors. Exactly. Exactly. About who, whatever the case may be. And now, and, and I guess, you know, racism is never logical, right? Because I'm about to it's say, not, this doesn't make any sense. I'm just like, well, neither logical. is our logical because it's like you have, we literally exploring a book where one lore is the linchpin to this whole series, right? Like it is that attachment. And these people we've seen from the very first book that you can't just pick up a piece of stick and magic happens, right? There is a magical connection that happens. So if they have a wand and clearly are capable of doing magic, decide they are stealing magic. Like, bitch, how is this happening? You stole this magic from somebody. Like, how? Like, can you explain to me how people steal magic? Because I want to know if so I could steal magic from somebody. Because, I mean, just like, what is this? You know, like, and it's one of those things that I, 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 I kind of fault the book for. And I mean, it's not the book's responsibility per se. But when, because we never, we never hold racists accountable, right? We just let racists say racist shit. You know, like, they try to write books, but um, I guess at that point that we dismiss much of the shit, but it, they still get to propagate. But it's hold these people accountable. So you want to say this is the thing, right? That they stole magic. Prove it. it. It's not up to her to prove that she got magic. Oh, she got magic. She has the magic already, right? Right. <laughs> You, right, and if she and if she stole the magic, can't you not just take the magic away? Then take it but away. The, then. the whole the whole thing is with that. But that just shows you how um, illogical it is because we know that um, you know if you have magic, then you you it, it is your gift. It is not something somebody can either give you, because otherwise, everybody who had a squib would be giving them magic. <laughs> giving them some magic. <laughs> we're giving them some magic, enough to kind of function in the, in the wizarding world. So it makes no sense to even have this as an idea. But that doesn't stop that doesn't stop people from having their own prejudices and intolerance. You know, I never, so I never questioned this. I never questioned it. I, it's ridiculous. Yes, I agree with all of that. But I never questioned that this was a tactic used because we see this shit all the time. I mean, this mm -hmm. happens in real life. This is yeah. how this is how you hold people down. This is how you segregate groups. This is how racism happens. We see this. Right. So is as ridiculous as it is to say you stole the magic and everybody around you knows that that's impossible, that it makes absolutely no sense. This isn't logical. This is exactly what, you know, quote unquote, governments do. But there is a financial benefit here, though. But, but there was a, but there was a, a, um, a benefit because what, was, what does Arthur Weasley say to Roncon? He's a better wizard than you. And that's why you're mad, basically. Mm -hmm. you, you did this to wipe somebody else out, to wipe out the competition, per se. Yes. And yes. it's something yeah, that the this, boys are. But the this boys gave. Are, the Ministry of Magic, right? A reason to round people up well, and no, try it's... to weed some people out. Is this any different, like in very basic terms, is this any different than than Hitler saying everybody needs to have 
blonde hair and blue eyes, right. neither of which he uh, had. Right. No, no, no. We're not, we're not debating that, but we're seeing how it gets to become, how it gets working. Because the government could say some crazy shit and everyone ignores it, right? But yeah. you need the people to buy into it, right? And well, this they was do, the, out of fear. No, I mean, no, 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 no. Is, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. This isn't fair. The buy-in is bad because you benefit personally. All this whole talk about when even in Nazi, what eventually happened was that they just took the Nazis' goods. They, they, sorry, they just took the Jewish people's goods. They took it's their the same, gold, it's their the assets. same thing with the with the Japanese and the internment camps. They just took their stores, they took their um land, they, they took the their farms, all of their land. and they took their businesses. Yeah. Then basically they, they said it was because they couldn't be trusted, but they weren't going into people's into they didn't go to to um Wisconsin and and take the Germans, um the German Americans uh stores, right? German Americans. That they because they didn't have to no that wouldn't have stood but it was okay to make these people scapegoats and mm -hmm. it's the same thing in this world they could just say some silly stuff like you took somebody else's magic and because people wanted to like you said remove some competition they went along with it yeah and that, and it work, it works for them and if it, here's a here's a crazy bit of history right in America when the Jap when the um the Exclusion Act happened, right? No, I forget what they call the Japanese because it wasn't it, called the Exclusion. That was the Chinese Exclusion this, Act. This, that was this, much earlier, right? The Chinese Exclusion Act. But in this um, Enemies of the State, I think it was called. One, the word Japanese never appeared in any way in the document. That's right. It was it That's was right. interpreted as Japanese too. Here is the linchpin. Just be when that happened, there was a switcheroo. Because when Japanese were excluded now, Chinese were able to assimilate into American community. They yeah. dropped the Exclusion Act. And fortune <clears throat> cookies were originally in America being mm -hmm. manufactured by Japanese. And when <clears throat> Japanese were sent off to internment camps or concentration camps, Chinese were allowed to take over much of those businesses. And that's how they moved out of the, quote-unquote, just the simple restaurant businesses and that's how Chinese food took off in America. It became a big thing in the 19th, 20th century. And we saw this similar. One of the first things that Hitler did in, in Germany was exclude Jewish people from civil service um, and professor jobs. So that's when, and no one, if people were like, okay, it wasn't that bad, you know, like, oh, they get jobs, like, you know, mm -hmm. Jewish people are benefiting from this because, you know, Jewish people are like this or whatever the case may be. Then they took their businesses, then they forced them into the ghettos, and then we know where that story is going to go. And right. that's the thing that I think J.K. Rowling never deals with, right? What happens to these people? Yes, they're told, and go abroad and go somewhere. But we know, apparently, that wasn't even, a, I mean, maybe, at who knows, whatever, but it seems as though going abroad wasn't as easy as everybody would like to think, right? Because magical transportation was being monitored by the, by the ministry. You couldn't do long distance right. travel without ministry. Um, Everything um, was being knowledge. Watched. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's one of the, so it's one of those things that I get. So um, I was really, I was really um, this section. I was really like, Oh yes, I am getting, um, we are getting into something here and just a bit of like odd, interesting news. Um, Johnny Depp will no longer be Grindelwald. Yeah, he has exited that. the Fantastic Beast projects. So. They, and they, they, Warner Brothers asked him to step down. 
Well, that's funny because when that when someone told them about that before movie two, they were like, "Fuck y'all, we're gonna do what we're gonna do." <laughs> so, yeah, I could have fixed that problem before you know Grindelwald. He had to because in the first movie he wasn't even a big, he didn't even have a big scene. Um, they're gonna probably have to go back to what's his name, Colin. Um, what's his name, Colin Farrell? Where is he, by the way? Anyway. <laughs> I have so, no idea, Reels. Man, we are all over the place. No, I love it. <laughs> we are trying to respond to the war with it. But yeah, I, I was really so I, just to wrap up this thing. So what I was saying is that the magical community was waiting for this kind of governmental action to take place because they were happy for this. Yes. They wanted yes. this. They yeah. only came out yes. because as you would see, they only came out for shit when they realized Voldemort's gonna fuck over all their kids. To get to who he wanted to, and this was well, never about think... the magic. This was all about getting to Harry. So yeah, but I, I do, I do think there was a level of fear there, though, because there's definitely an a, a hierarchy within the Ministry of Magic of of the good and the bad, right? And the what we would think of as the good people, you know, we watch as the as Ron, Harry, and Hermione are traveling through how people interact with those who have aligned themselves with Voldemort's wishes, basically. And, you know, the Death Eaters that are planted throughout there. Everyone is super careful around them. You know, which one is it? Um, I don't remember. Someone says, you know, you better do this for me or it'll be your family next so there is a level of fear. So you want the they're wanting to fall in line because they don't want to be the next one objectified and pulled out and scrutinized and maybe, you know, sent to Azkaban. Listen to me. So I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna let you have Lupin half away, but I won't let you have this bit. Because let me see this no, is No, I think all no, of I, it I is true. But I understand, but but you see, here's why I would say what I'm saying is that I don't like this people are in fear for their life argument because uh, for their family. Because guess what, boo? You're putting somebody else's family on the line. It so, doesn't make it any less true, though. I, I don't know. If I, but people I, I are think... always out for themselves. At the end of the day, you're always going to try to protect yourself. Most people don't think of the greater good, period. When your life is in danger or it's your family, you're going to do whatever you can to protect them. That's but it. You see, That's I'm, how people react. But you see, I'm going to take back that idea of this is a greater good here. This is a matter of greater good. I'm just, just using that of, as an example. Right, I'm not give, saying this. No, I'm just saying, no, but I think what you're tapping on into is what people generally say, right? They generally say, you know, like, I have to think about this moment in my family, and et cetera, et cetera. But I'm just like, because I think Dumbledore comes to this, have this argument with, with Snape, right? You're okay with somebody else dying. Yeah. Right? But right. not the right. thing that you but want. Yeah. But not yeah. the thing that you want. And it's just like you have to, and I think this is we have to make these distinctions. It can't just be you're only mad when it's your people or when the situation comes to your doorstep. Understand that this situation is coming to many people's doorstep. And that is a have... real piece of it, Reels. That is I really believe that. I think that is a real piece of it. And Snape is a perfect example of that. 
Dumbledore calls him out on it. Yeah. But it just goes to show that that's, it's like, okay, you're, you know, he tells Snape, oh, it's okay for everybody else to die as long as it's not Lily. It's when Lily is in danger that Snape wants to, that he agrees to even try to help. So it is a very real piece of it. I don't disagree with you at all that, yes, the trouble is coming to everybody's door and it's coming at once. But you know what? It's that we're living it right now. Nobody thinks that COVID's that bad until you get it or somebody you know dies. We all think it's over there. And But I also think that there is a different, there's a level of, um, in the case of, of what's going on in the wizarding world, there are people that are right around Voldemort. And so, of course, they're watching they, because they know how mercurial he is. He could just avocadaver you because he didn't like the way you look. <laughs> you know? so you wore blue pants today? Bye, bitch. Right. I don't want to see that today. And so you're Did gone. we not get that memo? Did we not get that memo? Right. But I think that you know you go. But the further you go down the the, the pecking order, there are people who are never going to see Voldemort, and mm-hmm. so this is not out of fear. This is about <coughs> being a oh. part of the in crowd, mm-hmm. being a part of the folks that are getting stuff, being part of the folks that are getting, <coughs> excuse me, who are getting positions. And I think that that's what we're seeing here in the ministry. Yeah, and I think that's the part that we, we need to, when we're talking about these issues in magical world and in real life, that's what we need to talk about. A lot of these people, and it's like you, a lot of people are supporting, you know, like Trump, whatever, because they get to, they get to hurt people. Yeah. Because he yeah. hurts people. He's parroting yeah. their belief from whatever case to me. Trump don't necessarily, well, I mean, Trump is petty. He would care about me. So the fact that, you know, like, oh, this motherfucker said, hey, Trump, let me, I want you to fuck up his apartment. <laughs> He's petty like that. <laughs> but I, I do think that to a certain extent that for a lot of people, they like that kind of petty nonsense. They yes, enjoy that yes. kind of. And yeah, like, they do. Yes, they do. Hell yeah. I would do that. It's That's a power thing. You know, it's it's power. A, I it's want to feel important and I'm more important than you. Or, you know, my family's more important than your family. It's a convoluted mix of lots of things. Yes. And it's, it's like, you know, you're not on our, you're not in our group. And so we don't, we hate your group. So, you know, so anything that happens to you or happens to your group, or if there's somebody who's hurting the people that we don't like, that then we love them. We love them for that because we can't, we, if we walked up to them and slapped the mess out of them, we might lose our lives. But if you can do something to them to make their lives miserable, we just stand over here and cheer. It's like mm-hmm. the, it's like the, the schoolyard bullying. Yeah. So it's definitely um, not just about fear. It's also about how do I make myself feel more important? Because let's be real. If your best friend doesn't like somebody and you've never met them and they're like, "Uh oh, we don't like them. You probably go. Yeah, you're right. I don't like them either. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes be like, but a lot of times they're like, girl, you're being messy right now. You're being a hot mess. Like, I don't find it. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, I, I'm, I'm ready to hate because, you know, I, but I hate judicial. <laughs> I am ready to hate, but. <laughs> I am a judicious hater. But, you know, I have to say something that's very interesting because it goes back to one of the things that we talked about. Um, and I know Janine is going to tell us to wrap up soon. I sure um, am. <laughs> but when we go back to part of why this problem exists today in this magical world, at least at this time, it's because they never dealt with the problem in the beginning, right? Exactly. That when Voldemort exactly. just disappeared the first time, they just let it be go to just sell trade and celebrate it. 
but nobody did the hard work to investigate it, how this man rose to power. Because in well, the who, end, right, this right. man was only one person. And as we see now, he isn't all over the place. Right. He is, Voldemort is very meticulous and singular focus. Right? Who was our first minister of magic in this series? Was it Fudge? Fudge. Yes. And he tells us, like, well, I thought we were well, safe actually, because was he was gone. Fudge. There was but Fudge is the Fudge. one who says, I, I thought we were safe because he wasn't even around here. We knew that he was weakened and he wasn't here. There were rumors that he was, where, where was it, Albania or something? Right. Well, I, I, you I, know, I think Dumbledore took it, made it his business to know that. Yeah, Dumbledore did. But remember, Fudge said... I was never concerned, really, that he was going to come back and rise to power again because he wasn't here. So, and that was just like so stupid. But I think a good example of how people think about shit. But I don't think they understood. I mean, to a certain extent, I think that they, I, I think they just, it's if you go back to the COVID situation, right? Like you see this thing and you know this thing, right? But they didn't want to accept this thing. Because it could have been quite clear that, that Voldemort survived, that everyone kept saying Harry survived the Avada Kedavra curse. But so did Voldemort. Mm-hmm. He survived because the curse rebounded on him. And mm-hmm. much more to the amazement of, like, you're focusing on the babe, the, po- the boy who lived. It's actually the boy and the man lived. Together. You, together. Yeah. You were aware of that fact. And one of the things is that in this moment when, when, you know, we never investigate, we never deal with these things, and we let these people survive. Not, not, I'm not thinking, speaking about Voldemort. We let their ideas survive and linger. Mm-hmm. One of the interesting things that happened after the, um, first, the Second World War with the Nazi during the Nuremberg trials is that mm-hmm. German people became upset with this situation. They were like, oh my God, we're tired of this thing. We're sick and over this thing. And Nazis were allowed to go back into the community and live and thrive. Yep. There had to have been people from the Israeli um, Israeli um, yeah. community. Yeah, like Simon Wiesenthal and people hunting them down. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That had to take this up and be like, these people did this thing and people were just like this happened so long ago and yeah. whatever the case may be doesn't and matter anymore forget. i mean yep. it doesn't matter i mean like you should go to the, the holocaust museum whole families were wiped out yep like but, this man said you but, know but i don't just, have any uncle i don't have any auntie i don't have an i have no cousin it's just beyond it's not just me not having parents i have no one that's yeah. right like the whole right. like you would have like a last name like schmidt and you would just see Schmidt all over. And the man is pointing to, that's my uncle. That's my aunt. Those are my cousins right here. One was four years old. Or you mm-hmm. would see a sister being like, my twin sister was killed because she was experimented on. Like how quickly the collective is moving to forget. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Evil don't forget. No. No. And well, they- I mean, rem- remember the um the after the the civil war the the desire to quickly um reconcile between the north and the south and the and and black folk was thrown under the bus mm-hmm. and in that effort to re- for reconciliation i just and, finished and reading I just finished, yeah i just finished reading a book about baseball and mm-hmm. how 
the re- one of the reasons, one of the things that they use baseball for in the at the uh, at the turn of the century, the end of the nineteenth century, and the and into the twentieth century was to reconcile between the north and south. That was why black folk had to be forced out of baseball originally in the eighteen nineties because they wanted to reconcile. They wanted to put that behind them. They wanted to to stop thinking about the fact that they had had what they had ultimately fought the war for. So that is kind of human nature to try to quickly put behind you the the atrocities that have happened on your watch. And then you, you put them behind you and then you act like, did that really happen? That mm-hmm. didn't happen. Right. Well, so- I mean, I, I want to just say something here. I mean, because I want to point out that I think historically, if we look at it close in historical essence, we would see... It isn't that how quickly we're trying to forget. It's who is allowed to remember, right? It, it's because you part of the narrative is who gets to see. You can't forget this incident or like reconcile, and because people of color are always told to be like show forgiveness, show mercy, because it requires the people in dominant culture not to do anything, and that's what I think is happening in the magical community, and it's going to happen in our life today with Trumpism. It's because people are in power get to remain where they are. But in order for there to be systemic changes, it's that people need to be made uncomfortable. We need to rustle tape. We, we need to shake tables. People need yep. to get up from where they were because where you were allowed this system to happen. Yes. We, it's easy to blame one man and say it's one man. But what it's very clear. Voldemort wasn't working. Voldemort didn't establish any of these systems. No, he wasn't he, interested like said, in any of these things. He was things. not in the Ministry of Magic when all he was, but his ideas right. were were. You could bring those ideas to the forefront because you knew that that was the new thought in the in the in the Wizarding World. Are with him his, in charge. Are saying his his these are his ideas when more than likely this they're, is the shit you've been cooking up. They're shared ideas. Exactly. They're shared ideas, but they knew that the that the strong man was going to he these were ideas that he agreed with you were not so you didn't have ideas that he was not going to go along with you knew that they would that those ideas would be supported if it came to that mm-hmm. but here we are in a very critical yes. moment in the book in a critical moment in our lives so we are let's just say just so that when we have a clean start next time around is that the kids eventually escape from the Ministry of Magic and with Patronuses and going through toilets. I'm sorry, I was not, <laughs> I don't care. I was not going to go in a toilet in or out. I'd be like, we're going to have to blast our way through this bitch, people. We're going to have to blow a hole. <laughs> like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not concerned about this shit. It's like, isn't that so crude? I mean, like, I don't know if, in something I wanted to believe it was like an extra touch she just decided, but it just fits so well with how the ministry was, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, new era, yeah. you know, like you're going of, down the shitter. You're going exactly. down the shitter, right? <laughs> and then, you know, there's a lot of scatological humor in Britain, you know, in, in British writing. So it, it's kind of like, oh, okay, you know, you it think fits. about the, the Benny Hills and the things like that, so. And it's yeah. very common for British people to go yeah. and pay for toilets and whatever the case may be. Where in the past they were paying to use a telephone to get into the ministry. But right. actually, well, one of the odd things, this was a, they had to do because in, in the past, they just operated in the ministry. 
you were least to apparate at a point mm-hmm. or came through flu powder, but they've clothed those things out to most people. But needless to say, they escaped the ministry, and but they have had to abandon Grimald Place because they have taken Yaxley into the fold, which is problematic. So they got the locket, but, you know, they lost the home. So you win some, you know, it, there is no... Uh, <laughs> really? there, you win some, you lose, lose some. some. Hey, <laughs> it's a circle Upwards of life. Upwards and onwards. <laughs> it's a circle of life. You don't get to have it all at any one moment. Listen, you know, Jason, always, Jason always says survival of the fittest, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to have it all at one time. You know what I mean? But I, I do think that, then, you know, Reels, you hit upon something because I think that that happens a lot in this book. And that is, you know, they make they make some progress, but they then there's something that they lose. Yeah. Uh, and it happens, happens a lot. It's, yeah. It happens a lot in this book. That there's a, there's always a bunch of frustration. They finally have a breakthrough and then they're hitting up against a brick wall. And there is immediate danger. There's immediate danger that requires immediate action. Right? Exactly. They never we don't have get time to celebrate. <laughs> they never get to rest, which is one of the things about this book that they're, it's almost, though in many places they're static, in so many instances they're constantly moving. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. They right. can't stay in one place, which I guess, you know, it goes against the plan, but you sort of leaning out of, which is what Grimmel Place allowed them to do. Right. Yeah. And we would see eventually Shell Cottage allows them to do those moments when they have to get to sit down. It's very. They have to plan something crazy. <laughs> so. Right. I mean, even even when they were in Grimmauld Place and they were making the. I mean, there was a time when Creature was cooking for them and he had cleaned up everything and they were almost had this kind of domestic, you know, tranquility. But they were working on the plan to get into the ministry. So it's the same thing, and it happens, you know, over and over and over again with this book. So. Wonderful ladies, we're like, well, halfway through now, right? I think we're probably halfway or close oh to Oh my half- gosh, that makes me sad. Girl, we're probably going to have, we can probably, I <laughs> <laughs> think we're going to deal with it. We literally got, well, I, I hate <sighs> to say Dumbledore, um, Trump is Dumbledore, Voldemort, please, because I think that is, you know, Dumbledore, Voldemort has more style. As crude as he is, <laughs> he has more style. <laughs> That's true. I yes, agree with that. I definitely I agree with I that. And he does the read it. He does, he the, does the read it. Yeah, he's definitely smart. We would never call Voldemort dumb, ever. No, no. <laughs> he did the read it. So damn, that's bad when you aren't even oh whew, oh wow. That's that's rough. Well, I mean, I think it's only in keeping that there will be a villain that would be um, you know, up to the task of um, you know, you just didn't go get a con go get a dumb villain, somebody who's just brute force. Right. You have um, a very cunning, very smart, um, very talented wizard. Who Those are the best villains. villains. Yeah, exactly. You want a villain that is that is going to really have, be working on all cylinders. And so that requires our heroes to be up to their, to be even more than what they would ordinarily be. Mm-hmm. And to, and to be honest, we we have seen the the Voldemort gang. I mean, mm, I, I don't. <laughs> a lot of them not up to snuff. They're just not up to snuff. I mean, like they haven't. You know, I mean, they, they just operate by osmosis. You know, let me let me suck it up. I am born into privilege, or let me see if I can suck up the. You know what I mean? 
Right. I just get right. that said. I mean, the only one I might trust to know something might be Bella Drake, but I don't trust her to give me any kind of information. I'm going to believe that, particularly Mm-mm. if it's something that requires me to actually touch it afterwards. Yeah, you know she ain't I mean? helping you. But she no, might be and Bellatrix, Bellatrix is, is, is uh, she's kind of damaged a little bit or maimed a little bit by her zealotry. So you can't really trust her because her she's so wide-eyed and wild-eyed that she will just go off hot half cocked and and you know make mistakes based on that. I mean that's what that's what got her killed. Yeah. So And she she's she's living in a world where you know like she has to believe this pure blood line and that doesn't that has not really helped her though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I mean like she, exactly. she has money, but you see the whole she she can't work that that kind of line like how Lucius is working that kind of magic. You know what I mean? And I uh, look at CC married up, you know, CC, well, it might be CC money, but she got a man with style and flair, you know what I mean? Someone who could move in society. Bellatrix just look unwashed. Like, well, she kind of is. And apparently she's well, chasing I mean, after I that man. Well, I mean, I think that that's true. I think that, that man Lucius, who's, who's yeah, Lucius move, can move through and, you know, he's got a little, got some suave and um, all of those kinds of things. And But he can do that thanks to Sissy's money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because this is a, that, that house did come through the black line. That's right. So, ooh, so Harry got two houses now. Look at that, Harry. <laughs> Uncle Vernon would be so mad. Oh, no. Well, so I mean, jealous. What's his name? Would have probably get that house, wouldn't he? Um, Draco. Draco, who should be in jail, but you know, it's a whole other story. <laughs> but anyway, so let's wrap up. You know, we never say when we begin we're solemnly up to no good, but y'all know we're not. About, we're never up to any good in this podcast. Y'all know we're a hot mess, but we're the best. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even need to say that we're up to mischief. Simply the best. We're simply the best. I mean, like y'all can bring out the literary podcast with Shakespeare and all that, and we could do that. We can definitely do that here, but you know, mm-hmm. we're just good. So, ladies, be safe out here. You don't know what the world is going to bring. I'm sure this motherfucker is going to probably try to burn everything down just to be in, like, you know. I hope Listen, this isn't leaving. I'm going to tell you what. I know. But I you know, know there's some secret service problem. out there trying to get their 10 minutes of fame just to show their ass black, him. Look, black women get shit done. He's getting out. Uh-huh. But no, but I know somebody is gonna try to play them. You know, there are people who just wanna show that they know I'm I'm done with the new party. So let me just do the they're gonna go above and beyond. Let me drag him out of mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm here for it. Drag his ass out. You know I, what? Make his make his little clippings fall out. I, I said that they ought to put it on <laughs> pay per They ought to put it on pay-per-view. Snatch that pay-per-view. fucking wig. Uh, no deb nobody's paying for this shit. This should I, be available listen, free. I, I agree with you that we 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 have paid a lot already. Thank you. I want all stations to be cut in. I want to cut into everything. <laughs> Whether it's your grandma funeral that's being zoomed in, cut uh, cut that, put that on pause and show this. Okay. Show this myth. I want you're right, Janina. That's what I want. I want those clippings. I want Kamala to come up with the clippings and being like, bitch, you forgot something. <laughs> I want um, no Jill, Dr. Jill, to come out and be like, <laughs> clipping, take this shit out of here. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. And look how Melania going to try to scamper out of that shit and try to act like if she wasn't part of that mess. Ooh. She gonna she gonna be uh, she gonna be gone by December. This is what this is gonna look like a, this is gonna look like a rat trying to jump off a shipwreck build, a, a boat. They're gonna be trying to scattering all over the place. But I'm, I, I listen to me. I am so adamant about this situation. These people cannot be allowed to integrate back into regular society. 
I agree. I agree. I don't want to. I don't want to see them at the Met Ball. That's for damn sure. I don't want to see them on my TV and not because these people are crazy. We have so much mess to go in there and clean up. Oh my god, and we can't even get to our evolution yet. We just have to try to just get the world back to being. It's spherical. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I said. We we they got us down to Maslow's um, you know, basics. So we we basically trying to get some clean air and water. We My can't God. much much less a revolution. We're just trying to get some water to drink. But anyway, ladies, let's go. One, two, three. Don't for, wait before. Don't forget to like, subscribe. I did that for Janina. She loves that when I do that. She loves when I do that. It's stand your black ass. <laughs> I'm blackly black. I'm blackly black. <laughs> but anyway, people, so thank you to Pennsylvania and all the people who voted for, you know, try to fix this world and to the 70 something plus million people who voted for Trump. Y'all are motherfuckers, and y'all gonna stay being motherfuckers, and we will never let you forget that. Motherfuckers. I don't care. Don't don't tell me no shit. Y'all trying to pull for him. Reason. This ain't economic economic anxiety. Y'all are just racist. And that's just it. So, Miss, let's ladies, let's go together. Mischief. Mischief. Managed. Managed.